This is the year to stop overpaying for your family plan. So choose a straight talk wireless family plan. Unlimited data, talk, and text on a reliable 5G network. And you can get a new line starting at $25 per line per month for four lines, plus taxes and fees and no contracts. That's good decision making. Available at Walmart and on straighttalk.com. Family plan discount with four lines, all on the silver unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. In times of traffic, your data may be temporarily slower than other traffic. Video streams at up to 480p. The following is a high five moment from highfivecasino.com. I won! Private, put down your phone. This is the army. Sarge, High Five Casino is a social casino. It's on your phone. goes wherever you go. I win free spins, cash, prizes, free daily rewards, over 1,200 games. I won again. Platoon, present cell phone. High Five. High Five. Casino. Casino. Win at HighFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High Five Casino. In every pair of Tacova's boots, you can expect handmade quality, First, wear comfort and timeless Western style. Tacova's boots are always made from premium bovine and exotic leathers, and with occasional resoling, they will last a lifetime. The best way to shop for boots is at your local Tacova store, where you'll be greeted by the smell of fresh leather and a friendly smile. Come on in, grab a cold one, get fitted by a pro, and shop the latest styles. Visit tacovas.com. That's T E C O V A S.com. And don't go gently, y'all. Welcome to episode 266. We'll talk to Lee Greenwood on the legacy of God Bless the USA and the fact that it just went number one for the first time ever. Eddie will come by. We'll talk conspiracy theories about famous musicians, which is pretty wild. Some of these got to be true. And then Scarlett Burke from the Make It Up As We Go podcast. All right, my top five picks this week as far as new music. Number five, Matt Stell has an EP called Better Than That. Now, you may know this song, Everywhere But On. I've moved everywhere. Title track that's called Better Than That. At number four of my top five, Portugal Demand and Weird Al Yankovic teamed up for a song called Who's Gonna Stop Me? And here's a clip of that. If you don't know who Weird Al is, I mean, when I was a kid, he was the parody king. He had, he had parodies that were so big, the videos got played on MTV. So I don't know that I love the song, but I just think that's pretty cool that he's on a song with Portugal Demand. At number three, there is a deluxe edition of Tom Petty's 1994 album, Wildflowers, which I, I love. It's a new four CD set, Wildflowers and all the rest. It has outtakes, live cuts, demos, home recordings. Here is a clip of a home recording version of You Don't Know How It Feels. That's cool. I love that album. At number two, Tanya Tucker has a new live album. It's called Live from the Troubadour. We had her on the morning show, the radio show. This is pretty cool. Here's one of the tracks is a medley of I'm on Fire from Bruce Springsteen and Ring of Fire from Johnny Cash. I don't always love live albums. This one's pretty good. Emma Klein is my number one pick of the week. Just such a fan of her as an artist. I took her out. She toured with me, opened for me for a long time. She has a new song out called Butterflies. Thank God 
So this is my top five. Honorable mention this week is Low Cash. They put out a song with the Grinkowski brothers, yeah, football brothers, called Cloud of Dust. And Stevie Nicks put out a new song from, uh, you know who Stevie Nicks is, right, Mike? Yep. Who? Fleetwood Mac. Nice. Show them the way. And I said, please, God, show them the way. Pretty cool. New albums and EPs out this week. Parker McCollum has an EP called Hollywood Gold. Sasha Sloan has a new album, Only Child. Runaway June has their holiday EP called When I Think About Christmas. The Allman Brothers Band, The Final Note. The Eagles, live from the Forum 2018, various configurations, different people in the band. Soul Asylum, Born Free. Man, they had a song back in the day. Runaway train, never going back. That's not on this album. Uh, Stevie Wonder um, has put out a new song, too. So there you go. That's the new music out this week. In music news, this week, Luke Combs won big at the Billboard Music Awards. Listen, he's the biggest thing in country music right now. Kind of the end. Morgan Wallen's on his tail a little bit, and then obviously still like the, the Luke Bryans. And, but right now, it's Luke Combs' world. Morgan Wallen's knocking on the door, but it is Luke Combs' central, man. Garth Brooks said he's not giving up on Chris Gaines. You know, he was asked in an interview... Like, hey, what about Chris Gaines? It's really the only thing that's failed for you. And he was like, well, listen, that ain't over yet. He didn't give a whole lot more details, but I personally liked Chris Gaines. I thought he was, thought that was a great project. People just thought it was weird because it was Garth. One of the headlines was Bobby Bones to return to Idol announces engagement. We talked about that on the radio show. But yeah, I'm going back to American Idol. I think I go back in December. Listen, the show doesn't start till March or April, so it's no different to anybody else. But I am not at the audition phase because of my National Geographic show. But, um, and then I got engaged. Yay. Uh, this year's Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction ceremony will be a virtual event. Man, that stinks. You're finally in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and you don't yep. get to have it at the show and have people. Mm. It's cool. Especially if they show it on TV, but still it's not as cool as when they do it in Cleveland or, you know, wherever they do it. They have a lot of stars lined up. Miley, Luke Bryan, Alicia Keys, Dave Grohl. But still, that kind of stinks for them. The um, inductees are Depeche Mode, the Doobie Brothers, Whitney Houston, Nine Inch Nails, Notorious B.I.G., and T-Rex. Justin Bieber earlier in the week finally released his new Crocs, and they sold out in just a second, and people are pissed. They couldn't get a pair. That's what happens, though. They only make so many. What do you want them to do? I'm sure they'll make more. But Early Bird gets the worm. Uh, Dr. Dre, wife under investigation. That's just money. She wants money. It's about money, right? Yeah. The latest wrinkle in the Dr. Dre billion-dollar divorce has gotten the mogul's estranged wife investigated by the LAPD for alleged embezzlement. Who knows? In a divorce, it's so dirty. Uh, WAP will, will not be eligible for the 2021 Grammys. Cardi B wants to submit it next year as part of a campaign for her upcoming album, but WAP, which stands for Wings and Pizza, mm-hmm. will not be available. <laughs> it does not stand for Wings and Pizza. And finally, Ariana Grande announces that a new album is coming out this month if you're a fan of Ariana. There you go. That's your top five. That's your music news. I think you're going to like this show. On with us right now is Lee Greenwood. Hey, Lee, how are you? Good, Bobby. Thank you. It's uh, really good to talk to you. You know, I've seen you a few times. I've played the same opera as you a couple times, but I'm always a little too intimidated to come up and say hello because uh, you're oh. a guy that's that's been around forever, and I've always looked up to you. Well, thank you. I, I, I'd hesitate to... Uh... To, to say that was ever necessary. I mean, the thing is, it's like I'm just a normal guy from Sacramento, California. I'm a farmer. I'm usually in high cotton, 
And uh, so, you know, don't ever, don't ever hesitate to come and say hi. Next time, I will say hello whenever we're out of the pandemic and we're saying hello in person. You know, what's interesting, and, and I'm glad you came on, because I want to talk about God Bless the USA, because back in 84, it peaked at number seven on the country chart. However, it finally hit number one on a chart for the first time ever in July of 2020. How crazy does that feel to you? A, a, little, a little crazy. I mean, the common thing around Nashville was uh, don't ever follow Lee Greenwood, first of all, because he has the anthem. And second of all, you know, I can't wait to see another crisis so that our song will do well on the charts. That's ludicrous. You know, the thing is, I wrote a song about America to be uh, in a time of peace, and, and I wanted to unite the country uh, if I possibly could. And here we are, you know, in 2020, where the song has had as much impact as it ever has since released in 1983. And, uh, and I couldn't be more pleased if it serves that purpose. We have social unrest, and there's people confused about the direction of the country. Hopefully, God bless the USA will still stand as a uniting thing rather than a devising thing. I got to know, when you, when you wrote this song, did you think, you know, there, this thing has a real chance at radio, or, you know, this thing may last for five generations? Like, what in the world are you thinking uh, as you're writing it and then as it starts to blow up? Well, Bobby, you know, the thing is, is like, I, I wanted to write this since I was a kid. And uh, I lived almost 20 years in Nevada and worked alongside some of the most wonderful entertainers on the planet. And I just didn't seem to have the wherewithal at the time, nor did I have a platform to release anything. But you have to realize this. When I, when I wrote God Bless USA, it was for our fourth album project, You Got a Good Love Coming, which produced a video that did very well on YouTube. The first thing CMT was scrambling for was videos. And so we released that one, even though we had a lot of money in it. But Universal made the call to have God Bless USA be released as a single. It was never intended to do that. Our, my producer, Jerry Crutchfield, and I talked about the direction of my career, about the kind of songs we released, uh, which were many of them heartfelt, uh, about person-to-person -person love and romance and, and even crisis in their life. And so that's what we built our career on. And so God Bless USA would have been a, a real diversion from, from what we were uh, intending as a career path. However, after its release in 83 and 84, uh, it, it was embraced by the public. It was embraced as a career song for me, but, but not for quite a few years. I mean, USA, as you just pointed out, didn't really reach the top of the charts until the whole nation became aware that it was a song for them. Was it at any point, do you remember a moment where it kind of crossed over and you're like, wow, this thing is actually now not just for folks that listen to country music. Like, what was that instant or the thing they invited you to do where you're like, holy crap, we're in a whole new world now? Well, of course, Song of the Year in 1985 in Country Music Association. I mean, that was a tremendous tribute, but from the CMA with a song that never hit number one. And yet, after that, it sort of dissipated. We moved from MCA to Capitol. Uh, Liberty at the time, Garth Brooks was over there at the label, and Jerry Crutchfield and I decided to head, go ahead and move our recording career uh, away from MCA, and MCA put God Bless USA in catalog. So when 2001 happened, two things were very important. I had my own theater for five years in the Smoky Mountains, and our last show was um, uh, uh, 2000 um, in in. Uh, in, in, in the Smoky Mountains, and, and, and we decided not to be in residence there anymore. 
and gave up the theater. Had we not done that, I would have not been able to travel in 2001 when we had the attack on America. And the second thing is, I released an album at Capitol Nashville with my producer's um, uh, agreement that uh, called American Patriot. And I wanted to put God Bless USA with all of the other American songs. That was a lucky stroke. I mean, because it timing couldn't have been better. When people then looked for God Bless USA after uh, 9-11, the only album they found it on was the Capitol album. They couldn't find it at MCA, and that album went double platinum. And so it, it, was, a, it was a blessing to me, but, um, but I, I never intended it. It just happened. And so after that, of course, then USA began to gather strength, and we sang it at stadiums, and I traveled with Barbara Bush across the country to uplift the, the nation. Uh, it, was, it was just one thing after another, and then it just became uh, the anthem that the country grasped in order to have unity, and that's exactly what I intended. It just, I, I couldn't have orchestrated it. It just happened. You wrote the song, if I'm correct, by yourself on the back of your bus. Uh, my first question, and I'm going to ask them both at the same time, how long did it take you to write it? And two, do you still have the paper that you wrote it on, pen to paper? Um, it took me about uh, an hour. Um, we finished some concert uh, in Arkansas, and we're heading for Texas on the bus. And no- normally, I would jump in the tractor trailer because I'm pretty psyched after a, a concert with you know five, six thousand people. And and so I would. The only time I could talk to my truck drivers was when um, they're driving, and and we're sleeping. So. I would take time after the concert and drive and jump in one of our trucks, talk to the driver for an hour, and get on my bus. And I can remember doing that that night. And um, and it was just one of those nights. I, I guess I'd met some soldiers in our previous show, and it just reminded me of the passion I had to to, to write that song. Um, and yes, it took me about an hour, but I didn't quite finish it till I brought it home and exposed it to my producer Jerry Crutchfield. And he's the one that actually uh, suggested the Lakes of Minnesota. Because I wanted to put the hills of Tennessee, and of course I could have said Seattle and Miami, but you know I was poetic and tried to remind myself of what's important in the geography of the United States. Of course, New York, L.A., that was a no-brainer. Detroit and Houston because of Motown and the auto industry and the oil in Texas. And I, I just mentioned Texas twice because it's a big state. But, but to, to kind of get the geography right, so it, it only took me a few moments once we had spoken. Because you got to realize we were touring all the time, and, and there was no place to write but on my bus, and no place to record but except MCA's uh, MCA Music's recording studio there uh, on Music Row. So we laid down a quick track, and uh, and Jerry and I, you know, then talked about what what to do with it. And again, it was one of those things that we had realized it, it's sort of out of place on the "You Got a Good Love Coming" album because there's some great songs on that on that album, but um, we said, well, let's just put it on there, because I think that this is a personal tribute to my country, and I, he said, if you want to do this, we'll do this. And so the second question, um, do I have the original manuscript? No. Oh. Um, there, were, there were several scribbled versions, and I, you know, I took it into the studio, and I, I don't know, we probably trashed those lyrics. It's, it's too bad I didn't look ahead a little bit, but um, I've written some handwritten versions since then. Um, there was a couple uh, for auction for St. Jude's, and for um, and Rocket Town, Michael W. Smith's uh, charity here in Nashville. But I have two copies for my sons that I put in a safe. And um, so if, if I, once I leave this earth, they'll, they'll have a memory of it in my own hand. Dang. So here's the, I'm going to read some stats about you, Lee, that people may not know. Eight number ones, by the way, which 
God Bless USA was not a number one. However, the biggest song in, in years and years and years. However, Somebody's Gonna Love You goes number one in 1983. Let me play some of this for our audience here. Somebody's gonna touch you. Going, Going, Gone from 1983. Going, going, gone. Dixie Road from 1985. Drifting down the dusty Dixie Road. I Don't Mind the Thorns, 1985. Don't Underestimate My Love for You, 1986. Hearts Are Made to Break, 1986. And Morning Ride, 1986. I gotta say, Lee, all those number ones and you have... All the yeah, CMA male vocalist of the year, 83 and 84. Do you remember who was in the category against you when you won? Uh, at the CMA, uh, I'm, the two I remember was Kenny Rogers and Ronnie Millsap. And I remember standing backstage with Larry Gatlin, and uh, he said, uh, I think you're going to win this. And I'm like, nah. You know, either Rodney Bilsap to me was one of the greatest singers ever. And uh, and when they call my name, the only regret I have is that I made no notes. And, uh, you know, when you get in front of a microphone and you're honored in front of your industry and all the peers are waiting for you to say something really wonderful, I just kind of, duh, duh, well, thank you. You know, I, I, it's, it's just, you know, you look back at those films and, and your acceptance speech, but boy, that was really stupid. You know, I wish I, <laughs> I had more things to say, but I, I couldn't remember until I get off stage. And I go, wow, dang it. I remember that. There were some great pictures, as I recall, with Chris Christopherson, and uh, I think uh, Janie Frickley won that year, and we have those pictures and memories, but again, that was my only disappointment. You know, 90s countries having a huge resurgence right now. All your number ones were in the 80s, and, you know, maybe eventually the 80s come flying back, too, because I think that was a really, it's an underlooked at time for the value that it has been for country music. And with you, I would ask, because we do this thing where we do the Mount Rushmore of favorites. If you were to have a Mount Rushmore of 80s country artists, to you, who are the four that you would put up there on that Mount Rushmore? Barbara Mandrell. Um, I figured she was kind of my counterpart in entertainment because she was just a great entertainer. I remember giving her the People's Choice Award in St. Louis that year. She shared it with Barbara Streisand. Uh, I wrote a song that inspired our duet album called We Were Meant for Each Other. Uh, The hit song from that album was To Me, written by Mike Reed. So definitely... Barbara Mandrell. Uh, in the 80s, no doubt, Kenny Rogers. I mean, good grief, we toured with him uh, for a couple, three years, along with T. Graham Brown and Sawyer Brown, and we were the opening acts, even in Canada, uh, all across Canada. So I admired Kenny so very much, and, and his impact on my life was, was terrific. Um, let's see, 80s. Um, I, you know, the Oak Ridge Boys as a group, nice. I have to tell you, and still my very close friends, had such a, 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 a movement from gospel to country, and a lot of the gospel people kind of were like disappointed that they had long hair and they were playing music with more of a beat to it, And but their success was undeniable, and they blended those two uh, genres together with country and gospel, and they're still my very close friends today. Um, other than that, I you know I have to look back. I'm sure certainly George Strait has has uh, survived, and Reba McIntyre, and we were by the way on the same label, all four of us: wow. uh, Reba, Barbara, me, and George Strait, and and the Oak Ridge Boys. So it's just it, it was a great stable Jim Fogelson put together at MCA, and uh, and we kind of patterned ourselves over the, after the Oak Ridge Boys and the way they toured, because uh, they knew when to um, reduce their overhead. 
and uh, when they stop working stadiums, and otherwise we probably wouldn't have survived economically. Is it true that you bought your first bus from Merle Haggard back in the 80s? Well, almost. It was Merle Haggard's bus, but um, it belonged to his wife, uh, who won it in the divorce. And I, <laughs> <laughs> I know that sounds rather silly, but uh, I actually sent my driver out to pick up the bus in California and drive it to me. And that was our first bus before I ever bought a band bus, and then my personal coach. And we were running three buses and two tractor trailers then finally. Uh, and it's, it's interesting that I don't think I looked at the economics. I just looked at the impact. We were carrying our own production, sharing some of the time with the judges because they were my opening act for a while. And then they also had tremendous uh, uh, impact on the business. And so we toured together for a while. Our, one of our last shows was at the Fox Theater, and Roy Orbison was the star attraction. We were there four nights, sold out. Uh, he got sick. The second night we were there, and the judge and I finished the engagement, just the two of us. But, um, the, you know, running those kind of buses, we just kept that, that first bus for an awful long time, and I finally sold it. All right, I have two questions for you, and then we're going to wrap this up, and I appreciate your time so much. Uh, the first one is, I know you visited the White House. What is something about the Oval Office that most people wouldn't know unless they've been there? Um, I think it's size. Um, as many of the TV shows have depicted in the Oval Office, it looks bigger than it is. It's really not that large. Um, and the second thing is it has several doors. I, I, I don't know that people recognize it has like three or four doors uh, that are, and I don't know if they're made for escape routes. It's just it's a place where the Secretary of Defense can walk in or his wife can walk in, the First Lady. Um, I, I guess that was it. I, of course, I performed it at the West Wing. Uh, for the Reagan administration when Bush was vice president, and that's when I met him, and sang at two inaugurations, one, uh, both at the Lincoln Memorial for Bush 41 and for our current President Trump. My final question is about Charlie Daniels. I know you love Charlie very much. How did you guys become friends? You know, it's funny because you rarely see anybody um, that is a big star in Nashville. And, and at the CMA Awards, it's usually confusing, and, and uh, there's so many people, so many fans. Uh, you don't really have a lot of time backstage, although I always made it a, a point to get pictures with Charlie uh, backstage because I, he's just this imposing figure. He was, he was so gentle. He's just a big, gentle bear. And, uh, and we'd hug you and just say how things are going. You know, at least we have a minute or two here or there. But, um, I, I, you know, we just and dearly miss him. Um, he was such a, a great figure for country music. Always wore that big white hat, and and uh, you, everybody has one song, you know, that they're known for. Now Charlie had many, many, but the Devil Without the Georgia, of course, he he played that uh, uh, every every moment that he was on stage to the end of his life. He was as good as he was at the beginning playing the fiddle. So I had great respect, and and yes, I generally met Charlie at a truck stop when we would be on the road touring. And we do that with a lot of acts. You, know, you see their bus over there, so we jump out and, and go and, and meet with you know, the artists and get on their bus or whatever, or they get on my bus. and That's a cool moment when we can meet somebody like that. Well, Lee, I appreciate your time. Congratulations on the, the, the new number one, which is crazy to say because that song is such a staple and just our American culture at this point. And it's great to talk to you, and thank you for spending a little bit of your day with me. Well, thank you, Bobby. I did want to mention about the uh, digital release of two albums, Same River, Different Bridge, and Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. Uh, it's the first time ever we've uh, 
after 35 years of having albums in my career uh, bag, that I'm able to retrieve them and, and own them and then release them again for the public. So a Christmas album, new Christmas album out. Well, new, but old, but new, right? Yes, correct. Yeah, Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas, recorded live, by the way. There it is. Everybody check that out just in time. Lee Greenwood. Lee, thank you. Have a great day, my friend. Thanks, Bobby. All right, bye-bye. In every pair of Tacova's boots, you can expect handmade quality, first wear comfort, and timeless Western style. A great pair of Western boots will elevate a casual look or add a refined flair that'll draw both eyes and compliments. Tacova's boots are always made from premium bovine and exotic leathers, and with occasional resoling, they'll last a lifetime. The best way to shop for boots is at your local Tacova store, where you'll be greeted by the smell of fresh leather and a friendly smile. Come on in, grab a cold one, get fitted by a pro, and shop the latest styles. They offer custom branding and leather stamping if you want to personalize your boots or fine leather goods. And stay cool in short-sleeve moisture-wicking pearl snap or make your own shade with one of their classic straw hats, new in both men's and women's styles. And if you're planning to hit the road, Tacova's ever-growing lineup of rugged and full-grain leather bags will get you where you're headed in style and are built to last decades. Visit tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. Tacovas.com. And don't go gently, y'all. The following is a high-five moment from highfivecasino.com. I won! Private, put down your phone. This is the army. Sarge, High Five Casino is a social casino. It's on your phone. goes wherever you go. I win free spins, cash, prizes, free daily rewards, over 1,200 games. I won again. Platoon, present cell phone. High Five. High Five. Casino. Casino. Win at HighFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High Five Casino. This is the year to stop overpaying for your family plan. So choose a straight talk wireless family plan. Unlimited data, talk, and text on a reliable 5G network. And you can get a new line starting at $25 per line per month for four lines, plus taxes and fees and no contracts. That's good decision making. Available at Walmart and on straighttalk.com. Family plan discount with four lines, all on the silver unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. In times of traffic, your data may be temporarily slower than other traffic. Video streams at up to 480p. So Eddie is here to join me in this next segment. I saw a story on the rap.com about famous musician conspiracy theories. <clears throat> One of the most recent ones that I've seen lately was the Joe Joe Diffie and he had um, that he didn't have coronavirus. Oh, I have, no, I have not heard of this. So he died from coronavirus complications. Yes. And then everyone was like, no, he died of something else. And so all, it was weird because where do these conspiracies even come from? Mm-hmm. So Joe Diffie, who I really liked, as a person, too, died in Nashville March 29th after he tested positive for coronavirus. He was 61. In the days following his death, Facebook and Twitter, posing as internet sleuths, said that he had either lung cancer or that he had a, a lot of other things. I don't even want to get into because it's not true. Yeah. So his widow comes out and says no. And as a matter of fact, I knew a nurse that worked with him before he passed away. But know her well. And I knew he was in the hospital from it. And so I would see this, and I would go, man, they're just making this up. So what other crap are people just making up? Lots. Because I do start, after a while, the occasional conspiracy theory gets me, and I go, hmm. Because every conspiracy theory can't be wrong. Right. I think most are. Most are supposed to be wrong. But every one of them can't be wrong. (laughs) (laughs) And you got to understand, even just as tragic as some of these are, people have a fun, good time making these things up. Like, they— just love making up conspiracy theories. And seeing if they 
catch fire yeah. and watch it burn if so. Um, you can talk about the Elvis one, that Elvis isn't dead. Oh, yeah. That's been one for a long time. Sure. And I, I mean, I kind of believe it sometimes. It's one of those where, like, I can't prove it's not right, you know, because they sometimes do have pictures of Elvis, you know, in another it's country. Not Elvis. That, that's not <laughs> or someone Elvis, that though. looks like Elvis. Uh, I, I, there's also the, the theory of that his uh, gravestone is misspelled. His middle name, Aaron, yeah. Aaron has only one A, not two, or something like that. So, I mean, that also covers them with a theory of, ooh, uh, it's, that's not really him. We tricked you. It's the wrong Aaron. There was also, because the coroner diagnosed him of cardiac arrhythmia, which cannot be determined in a dead body. Interesting. You didn't, did you know that part? I did not know that part. And... They say there are rumors he was sweating in his casket, proof that the figure was made out of wax. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's the curious fact that the autopsy <clears throat> And then there was the curious fact that his autopsy was placed under a 50-year seal, meaning the seal. So you, you can't you, no one can investigate it. But again, if it's somebody super famous, you want to put a seal. Yes. And I think with each of these we'll say do we believe it, okay? Okay. By the way, Joe Diffie do you believe the conspiracy theory that it was something other than coronavirus? No. I don't either, because I have firsthand knowledge. Good. Elvis isn't dead. What do you think? I believe that there's a chance that he's not dead. They suggest that he had become fed up with fame, yep. fame and was in bad health, so he faked his own death in order to get back to a simpler way of life. Okay, I have another theory to that. Okay. So I watched it. Uh, it wasn't a documentary. It was some kind of like, it was a movie where it had true footage of him during his Vegas rehearsals. And it's a whole movie on it, you know, and he hangs out with these mafia guys, the Memphis mafia, real mafia dudes. And there's footage of him and they kind of treat him like crap. Like, like they're all there. The dude's trying to work. Elvis is on stage doing a sound check, and these guys are just drinking in the ballroom like, hey, sing this song, just heckling him. And he's like, oh, okay, guys, all right, enough. I'm trying to work here. And to me, I'm thinking, man, these guys really had him. Like, they had a good control of Elvis. It just seemed like it. So to me, my theory is that he was too in with that mob. He was tired of the fame. He's like, I need to disappear. Well, there is a theory that he was forced to go into witness protection. Boom. A man bought a plane ticket to Buenos Aires under the name John Burroughs, an alias that Elvis Presley used for hotel reservations. Wow. Now, here's the thing. If you were going to do that, would you use the same name, though, that you, you people knew you had used under hotels? But they probably found that out later. Like, what, you know, you probably have a name you use under hotels. <laughs> yeah, Bobby Bones. <laughs> like, you know, you maybe, you know, so you think you're safe with that name, and then later these two managers or assistant managers that you worked with are like, no, that was his name. Okay. Do you believe the Elvis Presley conspiracy theory? Do you believe it that he's not dead? I believe there's a chance that he's not dead. Or he wasn't dead then and maybe he's died now. Oh, no. I still think he's alive. But he'd be like 80-something, right? Nah. Is someone with that bad of health, you don't think you think they're going to live in their 80s? Bones, he was a little chubby. No, he got to be pretty fat later on. Mike, how old's Elvis? What do you be? He would have been 85. 85. Will, how old's Willie? He, him and Willie would be chilling right now. Absolutely. Hmm. I'm gonna Elvis is dead. Wow. No, man. He's living what you what you say? Buenos Aires? You really Argentina? Think he's alive? I I'm, believe I'm not, not for a bit. I'm not joking. I believe there's a chance that he could be in South America. Next Absolutely. up. Hank Williams haunts the Opry. Some visitors believe that Hank Williams still haunts the Grand Ole Opry despite being banned months before his death. Others swear a mysterious man in a gray outfit watches rehearsals from a balcony only to vanish before showtime. A creepier story has Civil War soldiers haunting the Ernest Tubb record shop. 
but we'll stay on the Hank and the Opry. Okay, Mr. Opry. Well, I work there. I'm there every week. There I you are. I perform there 15 times, probably. Are they talking about the new Opry house or it's the Ryman? Grand Ole Opry? Just wherever right? the I would Grand assume Opry this show. I been at them both. Never seen a figure up in the stands. Never. Never even heard anyone there that works talk about it. Have you looked for him? No, but I no, I don't believe this. I'm not a big believer that ghosts are haunting, and if they are, we can't see them anyway, right? I'm not a believer that some ghost that looks like their human shell is bouncing around up there. So no, I don't believe that one. You? Uh, see, I don't believe it, but see, I have to start thinking too, man, that like when I die, I do want to be part of certain things that I loved down here on earth. And if he loved the opera and he loved country music and he wanted to be there in his little gray suit, sounds like something we'd want to do, huh? You can do any opera show you wanted if there's an afterlife. <laughs> yeah, you could. <laughs> Probably make up your own. Yeah, the greatest lineup ever. <laughs> no, I'm not going to believe that one. Uh, did Paul McCartney die in 1966? Now, we talked about Elvis. Yes. There's a conspiracy theory, too, about Paul McCartney from the Beatles. Um, did he die? Yes or no? No. You don't think so, too, huh? He did not die. He's not dead. Uh, Paul uh, still continues to make music, and I don't think anyone can replicate that. Well, so in 66 was the first time that he was rumored to die. But then he's died a couple of times since. Oh, he's, he's died more times. Yeah. Um, a British radio DJ talked about how the Beatle had been killed in a car crash and had been replaced by a lookalike because Whoa. it was worth so much money. Among the bits of evidence, on the cover of Abbey Road, he's not wearing shoes like a corpse. Correct. Although they were pretty hippie. It doesn't, they don't have to wear shoes. Right. The rest of them are, but who cares? The VW Beatle license plate in the background says 28IF. Because Paul would have been 28 if he were still alive. <laughs> That's awesome. And if you play the end of I'm So Tired backwards, John says, Paul is dead, man. Miss yeah. him, miss him, miss him. Yes. Paul is dead, no? Miss him? Pa Paul, miss him? Paul is dead, man. Listen no, man. Again. Okay, that's just them finding a clip where they could. <laughs> I mean, if you try, it's if you yes, try yes. to hear it, it's like green wig or pee pee or whatever that those two sounds are that you hear. Laurel, green needle. yeah, laurel and green needle. <laughs> whatever you're, whatever you're trying to hear, you hear. Bones, and also too, if, if we tried to, like right now, Bones, we we want to make this up. There's no way that we can find the words to say like, all right, I want you to say this, but we're backwards. It's gonna say Eddie is an idiot. Okay, if I were to do Eddie. <laughs> is an idiot. Yeah. I, I would go, well, first of all, I-D, si, na, yeah. tinia. Yeah. And I got to put that in a song. Na-D, si, na, tinia. <laughs> and then years from now, they're and like, they guys, like, the proof is right there. They were like, then Yadi si, na, tinia? The, the song needs to be played backwards. <laughs> Eddie is an idiot. <laughs> Paul McCartney's alive. Of course he is. Have you met him? No. I've seen him. Have I ever talked to him? Have I ever done an interview on the phone? I don't think I have. Oh, dude, that'd be amazing. Hey, I think it would be cool. I've heard a bunch of great interviews with him. Yeah. Howard Stern's done a bunch. I don't know that I would ask him anything that other folks haven't. Oh, I mean, I'm sure everyone's asked him. But I wouldn't go deep on the Beatles. Like, I would want What wanna... would you talk about? His favorite um, restaurant? If he ever goes to the drive-thru. Oh, yeah. Or how does, when he gets away... Like, where does he know he can go? Or is it like, can you go into the busier city, the better? 
because there's just t- t- if you're walking on the streets in New York City, there's so many people you don't nobody looks like anybody. Yeah. Like does is it the opposite of what you would think? Where you think you go somewhere where there's not a lot of folks, but then everybody sticks out to you. But if you go somewhere where it's just packed with people, you, nobody is anybody. I wonder if he ever thought that when he got older, people would just forget about him and not remember him. Because that's not the case. He's still very, very famous. Mama Cash choked on a sandwich. Yes. You know the band she's from? Yes, Mama's and the Papa's. All the leaves are brown. All the leaves are brown. And the sky is gray. And the sky is gray. Well, that's, that's a better version. A false pre-autopsy comment provided to the news media, included the New York Times, and they spread the rumor that Cass Elliott died after choking on a ham sandwich. She was actually stricken by heart failure at age 32. See, that sucks, man. Because I know her as dying from the ham sandwich. Me too. I heard that when I was and a kid. You know why and I they say that? It. Because she's overweight. Yes, and, and it's it was rude. mean to do. Yeah. And I believed it. And I did too. Mm. And I don't as of right now. Yeah, exactly. I learned right now that that's not true. I was this many years old when I learned <laughs> that Mama Cass did not choke on a sandwich. And it's not fair. It isn't. That sucks. Yeah, that sucks. What about the Michael Jackson and Latoya Jackson are the same person rumors? I love it. Not you don't ever think. I never thought that. I never heard of that, but I love that. Yeah, because they do kind of look the same. Yeah, alike, alike. Because he started to look more feminine. Correct. With surgery and and she almost looked a little masculine. Yeah. Um, The additional Avril Lavigne's is interesting because I've seen this one a lot. Remind me. So after her album Let Go, which had this song here, Skater Boy, on it. They say she was replaced by someone named Melissa Vandella, who is slightly taller than the original Avril Dead Giveaway. And fake Avril start talking about it, and the songs get a little different. Um, apparently, she died. She died, right? And it was the same thing where they were losing money on her. And I read a lot about this, and I went deep <laughs> in a rabbit hole on this one day, and I started to go, you know what? I don't believe it, but there's a possibility. Yeah. Because there's a lot of money to be made and a lot of money to continue making. And let's say her family was like, well, you know, we're sad she's dead, but we'd like to keep making money in her honor and other songs and this other Melissa. What? But then I met Avril Lavigne. Oh. Because <laughs> she played Dancing with the Stars one of the episodes when I was there. Okay, you met her currently. Not yeah. Be- not before death. Right. And I went up to her and I walked by as a joke and I said, Melissa, Ah, <laughs> you did not. You're lying to I me did. right now. I did. And I, I didn't look at her face. I just said it out loud. Melissa, she never even turned and looked. Because <laughs> if she would have. If she would have, I'd have come on the air and been like, it's true. That would have been crazy. I'm breaking the story. She goes, what? <laughs> what did you just say? Wait, what? Me? Oh, no, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. And then I went up, made a loop around, because she was sitting backstage at a makeup place, made a loop around, and went up and introduced myself. She was just really nice yeah we didn't have a lot of contact but i sure walked by didn't look at her was i said melissa and nothing <laughs> well that's it you can't argue with that yeah her mute when when skater boy came out i was like this is the greatest song this is the deepest song i've ever heard yeah like there are a few of those in my life don't take the girl when i was like a kid i was like oh my god this is the deepest song i've ever heard that's not the one that i really liked from her what was the well one? it wasn't my favorite my favorite avril lavigne song is a slow one which one it wasn't complicated. That was the first one. Complicated. Uh, that I was like the that first one. one. That was a big snatch. So good. Yeah, I don't remember. Lord is lying about her age. There's a conspiracy theory that Lord is actually much older. Gosh, she does act old. Apparently, she's 35 years old. But but uh, that's not surprising. Like that could be real, right? Like I don't know if it is no. or not. But 
But it, don't don't you believe it. Artists, I could believe it because don't a lot of artists do that. They maybe flub it by a little bit. There was the one Australian actress, the comedian, who did that. She went lower. Rebel Wilson. Rebel Wilson lied about her age for a while. She was older than she said she was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just believe stuff like that, like because it's entertainment. But None of it has problem. to be factual. She was like 16 when she launched. Correct. If you were 24. And you were claiming to be 21, that's different. Mm-hmm. Not 16, 35. <laughs> there are some 35-year-olds that can pass as really young, young, young Thank people. Thank you. Thank you. Not you. Uh, Stevie Wonder isn't blind. Oh, gosh, that would be terrible. That he's been pretending as a publicity stunt? I think about that. I feel like I would lose trust in people yeah. in general if that was true. Yeah, I don't believe that one either. No. Phil Collins let a man drown. Because of In the Air Tonight. That's supposed to live with us That's right. About. We've talked about this before. A principal hypothesis involves Phil Collins' inability to save a drowning man based on a key line from the song. In one version, a friend falls out of a boat. In another, Collins witnesses the tragedy from far away and cannot come from the swimmer's aid. In many of these theories, there was someone closer to the horrific events, but he refuses to help. Anyway, they're like, he, he must have. I don't believe that. Yeah, I don't believe it. Jay-Z is a time traveler or a vampire. Mm. Nah. That sounds like something someone wrote. That's just dumb. Doing stupid fiction. Like, Make it a little more believable if you're going to lie to us. Please, that's not worth our time. Watch it. That's the one that's real. <laughs> <laughs> it comes out later. We sit here and this gets played back like 10 years from now once we find out Jay-Z actually was that. <laughs> Taylor Swift is an agent of the Illuminati. I listened to a whole I mean, I podcast know. and read a whole thing about the Illuminati. I don't believe it because they're not they're it, in theory it's real but it's not What do you mean by that? There's not really a group called the Illuminati. They call something else? It's who they consider to be these people that have all this power are these different groups that literally have a lot of power. But the Illuminati people aren't wearing robes and going into a, a cave and mm-hmm. having sex with a donkey. Mm-hmm. That's just me on Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> this sounds familiar. Uh-huh. <laughs> I am fascinated with the Illuminati. People have said that I'm in the Illuminati. Yes, I've heard that from multiple people. They're like, are you? And if I was, I would be doing this whole bit exactly like I'm doing now. Yes, so we can't say that it's not true. Right. So I was fascinated with it, so I decided to research it. And what did you find? It started off as a small thing that broke off from the Freemasons. They would go to the Freemasons Secret Society. And then the Freemasons. But they weren't like secret and dark. They just were groups that met... But no one knew. I guess what made them secret is that no one knew who was part of it. That was it. Uh, sometimes they did, but you didn't know what they were talking about. Okay. But we're talking about 16, 1700s. And the Illuminati was a small group, and they ended up dying out as well. Oh, they don't exist anymore. Well, no, they may now in some... But the, the, the Illuminati that we know, they, they kind of fizzled out, the guy who created it. Wasn't that good at creating a, a secret society that would last and flourish? Because you think about, you know, the idea of it, that's phenomenal. Love like, it. I've thought about doing it here in Nashville. I mean. <laughs> I, honest to God. But like a few different people in big air. Influential and, people. Yeah, and we just quietly. Dominate. Move, move the strings, pull the strings on everything. It's and don't possible. tell anybody about it. Very possible. I'm still up for it, guys. They're listening. Who would I put in the secret society? I would put in. In Nashville? Yeah. Uh, first of all, you want to get an artist okay, that people would never believe would be in it, but could also control some stuff. Luke Bryan. I feel like he may tell people. <laughs> <laughs> he just drunk one night. Hey, can I hey, tell Charles you Kelly, come here. Hey, guys, seriously, between you and me. Here's a picture of us at our meeting. We are having sex with a donkey, see? Oh, wait, that's secret. <laughs> like Keith. 
Keith Urban? Keith Urban. Oh, gosh. He's so connected. Keith Urban, who's connected in lots of ways. In the actor world, too. Like Scott Borchetta, the record. The guy that. Mm hmm. Me. Uh, Brian O'Connell, yeah. who is at Live Nation, but is a big promoter. Tour. Yeah. Maybe who in the publishing song? Did somebody have songwriting the publishing world, and then somebody in the management world? What about uh, an athlete? What's he going to do about the music, the com- Nashville music community? Oh, you just wanted in music, not yeah, just, not just the world the community. Yeah, okay. no, no, no. Just here, we control, pull the strings. Yeah, no, they would. None of the Titans would. Why are you really thinking about this? Hey, well, let, I, no, no, no. Let's... I've spent a lot of time thinking about this. <laughs> this is not something that comes to me now. Hey, you know what you should do? You should do a secret recording with you and Keith saying, Keith, this is what I want to do, and I want to hear his reaction. <laughs> hey, and if he says yes, we don't even play it. Never. But if he doesn't and so he laughs ne- at you. So if you never hear it. Yeah, maybe he's in. You know what to do. <laughs> but if he says no and he laughs at your face, I want to hear it. No. <laughs> no? Okay, you probably, probably lose his trust forever. Uh, the CIA killed Bob Marley? Uh, I could see that, yes. Go ahead. Yes. Bob Marley he's, was uh, shot at, attempted, people attempted to kill him, I think, a couple times. One of them's pretty famous. Um, he just got very political. Do you know how he died? Cancer. No. A toe injury from a soccer match. Where that turned into a lesion cancer. under his nail. Then he diagnosed with, yes, malignant melanoma. He refused to have the toe amputate, amputated, and then it spread through his body. So, yes, yeah. yes, but but he he did get shot at, and they like they tried to kill him. But I think at that point he was just getting too political. He was trying to at that time Jamaica was just split very very dramatically between two parties, and he was trying to get in the middle of it, and they wanted him dead. Conspiracy theorists say that the CIA set up their sights on Marley, whose growing influence and message of peace went contrary to its goals. The son of former CIA director William Colby reportedly gave Marley a pair of boots adapted with poison-coated copper wire near the toe. Wow. Some believe Marley tried on the boots and inadvertently sealed his demise. Wow. Others believe the CIA had already tried to take Marley out with sharpshooters who missed their target. Marley had, in fact, survived a 1976 assassination attempt by three gunmen at his home in Jamaica. There you go. You believe, I don't know about the that, boot. The boot sounds weird. That one I could almost think about leaning into a little bit. Do you want to do some com- research? No, no, I'm talking about just leaving <laughs> just, it. I'm just done. Right I'm going to check out. After this, I'm not thinking about it again. But it's when things get political, people do crazy things yeah. that we never think would happen. Yeah. Hotel California was about devil worship. I don't Ooh, think so. I know what it's about. Have you ever dissected that song? I've never read books. Wait, where, we, were on, we, were on a, we were in a van. We were touring. And we all had the big discussion. You might have been in headphones and tuned out. But we talked about it. It's it's a it's a whorehouse. Yeah. Okay. I mean, and I've read books from the guy who wrote it or was one of the writers. And yeah, I don't Don, think it's about Don Felder. Worship. Yeah. Yeah. Not not devil worshiping. Couple, couple more here. Dave Grohl never broke his leg. Remember in the Foo Fighters concert? Yes. A quickly spreading rumor charged him with faking his injury. Ah, that's a dumb one. But Dave's kind of dramatic though. Like, wouldn't you see him doing something like this just to kind of? Be like, hey, this is good. This could be funny. He is dramatic, but I don't think so. Not breaking a leg. You could do something better than that. Yeah, I agree. You can do better than that. Uh, finally, Jack and Meg White are actually brother and sister. Uh, they do look alike. They were married. One of the band's early gimmicks was that they portrayed themselves as innocent musical siblings. The truth was that Mr. Jack Gillis married Miss Meg White September 1996 and ended up taking her name to become the world-famous Jack White. Hmm. 
They divorced in 2000, by which time the truth came out. So those are your music. You believe that? Oh, yeah. I don't believe they were brother and sister. Oh, okay, so, so they're not brother and sister. No. Okay. He rocked SNL this past weekend. Did you watch the clip of it? I didn't see it. Morgan Wallen was supposed to do it? Yes. And then he did it? Did you see it, Mike? I did watch it. Killed that, huh? Yeah. Like Jack, a two-day notice. Jack White's a rock star, man. I've seen... I, I saw the White Stripes live one time, and it is. it was pretty amazing what they did. They were really two people on stage, and it sounded like a full band. Just oh, you rocking. saw the literal White, White Stripes. Stripes. With just Megan, those Megan two? Megan Jack, yeah. Just her on drums and yeah. him playing guitar and singing. Unbelievable. Never seen anything like it. Two people. Wow. I've seen him play in other bands. Racking Tours, probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Racking Tours in Austin, mm-hmm. at like ACL Live. And he has not hit another band, too, that he was in for a yes. while. Can't think of it right But I think now. he's been in like eight bands. He was in the Raging Idiots for a while. <laughs> yeah, he was. He's been in everything. He was our xylophone player. Yeah. Uh, all right. That's it. Eddie, you have a podcast called The Sore Losers? The Sore Losers. There's big drama right now, too. I mean, I might be getting out of our fantasy team. What was that about? I saw the tweet. What happened? Well, the, the, we have a fantasy league with a bunch of listeners that we've done, and they're one of the people in the league. They took a bunch of defenses, added them, to their team and then dropped them before the game started so that no one could have defenses because of, because of Corona, there are a bunch of games be, being postponed and po- postponed and things like that, that you really last minute are like, Oh my gosh, my team's not playing. I need a defense. This guy locked everyone. So there were two people that had no defenses playing because of that. You know, my ruling. I was one of them. My ruling. Yeah. He, he was brilliant. I would have done the same thing. It's not against the rules and he's actually hurting himself by not picking up other players and holding onto them. That's a strategic. If you would have been able to think about it and do it, you'd have done it too. My my part of this though is my thought is that that's not the league you want to be part in. Sure you you don't want to be part of. You just of got outsmarted and now you're butthurt. Because <laughs> I would have done the same thing. I am very butthurt. I, you know, you learn from it and do it next time. So now I think everyone is going to start doing that every week. Start locking players. Great, but then they're not going to be able to hold other players on there. If it were a normal year, bones, and there weren't games just being postponed, but not, you have not the a big deal. Same opportunity to be strategic and do things too. I know. And it's I, not like they have options that you don't. I fear that everyone's going to start doing that but now. But that's okay. And now the whole league's going to be pissed. And they're not going to pick up players on the waiver wire that have chances to blow up for them. You know, I really thought you'd be on my side on no, this. No, no, no. I think I'm on the per- side of the smart person who went by the rules. Oh, gosh. If you quit because of this, you are a loser <laughs> and you're just a baby. You just didn't think about it. I'm a sore loser is what I am. Yeah. All right, so check yeah. out the Sore Losers podcast. All right, thank you. On right now is Scarlett Burke, who is the star, the creator, and director of the Make It Up As We Go podcast. Scarlett, how are you? Hey, Bobby, how are you? Yeah, I'm pretty good. I was talking to one of my friends the other day, and he messaged me, and he said, hey, so I'm watering the plants for someone that, that's my neighbor. And I was like, oh, yeah? <laughs> and he goes, he goes, yeah. It turns out it's Scarlett who who is... You're on that podcast with her. He goes, I had no idea. She's in Nashville right now. So Jason and Kelly are my dear friends. Are you serious? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Yeah, they live across the hall from me in Studio City. That is such a small world. He was like, I've been uh, hearing about this podcast for a while. And he goes, I, and then I saw you were on it, and I was like, holy crap. What? The ha- so how do you know this? Um, Caitlin, my, I guess now my fiance, she, it's her, um, like, growing up lifelong friends. And so... My God. Yeah, isn't that crazy? That's so crazy. And congratulations, by the way. Thank I just you. saw that last night. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Well, let's talk about this podcast for a second because, you know, yeah. it's a it's a scripted series. It's a musical podcast. Can you describe to our listeners right now, 
you know, like what this podcast is? Because I get a lot of questions about it. Sure. It's, um, well, it's a scripted country music series, but that it's really from the songwriter's perspective and what unfolds in the writer's room or in the songwriter's world to create the music that you hear on country radio. And so what kind of storylines do we follow in this? So our main character, Charlotte Sales, who I play, it's, it's her journey from leaving home and moving to Nashville and just taking a chance on herself. So we follow her journey and, and hear her go through the highs and lows of um, maneuvering around uh, the writer's rooms of Nashville. And then she moves there with her boyfriend, Davis, played by Rob Mays. And, you know, I think like any couple moving to a big city, there's, there's always going to be some drama and some complications. And so we hear that. Um, but really one of my favorite scenes is listening to the scenes of like Billy Bob and Miranda and hearing the dynamic of what those conversations are like between artist and songwriter and, and producer just sitting behind the board. And it's like, it really makes you feel like you're in the room and kind of like close to like Miranda's songwriting world. And that's one of my favorite. Those are some of my favorite scenes to hear. So how did you get Miranda Lambert involved? And I know she's an executive producer as well. That's that was a pretty big get, huh? Oh, huge! Yeah, I mean, we like when Nicole Galleon, as you know, when we were writing um, Champion, it just we just there was so much of um, we were both just thinking, oh my gosh, this would be this this sounds like a Miranda song, and um, and so we had like I I had my heart set on Miranda from day one. Um, not sure if it would happen or not, but then, um, you know, I think sitting with the scripts and some of the songs that were already written, it gave her a chance to, you know, read through everything. And I think she really, you know, felt like she, she related to the character as well, being from Texas and, and, um, taking that chance on herself of, you know, pursuing a career in music. And so I think that's, that's really how how we connected on this project. How long ago did you start writing music for this? Oh gosh. Well, um, this, so six of the songs were not written. Like six of the songs were already written and I just had them kind of like sitting on a shelf and I had been coming out to Nashville, um, doing writing sessions, but two songs that Nicole and I wrote for this project, we wrote those about a year and a half ago. No, a little over a year ago, year and a half ago. There are, I don't even know what month it is. I know. No, I feel the same way. For the last eight months, I don't know what month it is. There, as of right now, there are two episodes out. They're going to continue to come out, though. So um, two episodes in, when you heard them fully produced for the first time, what would you think? It just doesn't feel real. I mean, you listen, like, when you listen to every single word in the in the podcast, you know, like, I, like it didn't, it didn't feel, it just didn't feel real because I've been so in it with, like, the sound design and making sure there's footsteps where there needs to be footsteps or a door closing or a faucet on. And it was so cool to kind of sit back and hear it from the thousand foot view, you know, and how the listener would hear it. The, the radio spots were cool. I'm just so tired of hearing my own voice. Yeah. <laughs> listen, I'm over myself is- and I've been over myself for years. <laughs> so I get that here. Here's the thing. You follow Scarlett on Instagram at Scarlett Burke. Um, also, yeah. Follow on Instagram, Make It Up As We Go podcast. And, you know, it's an eight-part podcast, Miranda Lambert, uh, 
I'm in it, Dennis Quaid, Billy Bob Thornton, Craig Robinson, you know, one of my favorite songwriters ever, Nicole Gallion. So I hope you guys check it out and um, episodes, more episodes will be coming out. So, hey, super proud of the project and I'm so glad that we could talk about it, Scarlett. Uh, yeah, it was so good chatting with you and we're just so, it's such an honor to have you on this and like I just, it, it ties the whole thing together hearing, you know, like my character with you doing an interview and doing the whole flashback. I mean, you really were like the, like your, you as yourself, like was like this glue holding it all together. So thank you so much for being a part of this. It's just, it's so cool hearing you in the episodes and um, I just couldn't be happier with it. If there's one person that I can mediocrely play, it's myself. So I'm glad that we could, <laughs> we could, we can nail that. All right, Scarlett, thank you. And I'll talk to you soon. All right. All right. Bye. Thanks Bobby. Bye. bye. High Five Casino is a social casino with real prizes and big Vegas hits at HighFiveCasino.com. The hottest games right from Vegas and all winnings go straight to your bank account. Hundreds of exclusive games, free daily rewards, and come back to get free coins every four hours. Only at HighFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Play responsibly. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details at HighTheNumberFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino. In every pair of Tacova's boots, you can expect handmade quality, first wear comfort, and timeless Western style. Tacova's boots are always made from premium bovine and exotic leathers, and with occasional resoling, they will last a lifetime. The best way to shop for boots is at your local Tacova store, where you'll be greeted by the smell of fresh leather and a friendly smile. Come on in, grab a cold one, get fitted by a pro, and shop the latest styles. Visit tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. And don't go gently, y'all. This is the year to stop overpaying for your family plan. So choose a straight talk wireless family plan. Unlimited data, talk, and text on a reliable 5G network. And you can get a new line starting at $25 per line per month for four lines, plus taxes and fees and no contracts. That's good decision making. Available at Walmart and on straighttalk.com. Family plan discount with four lines, all on the silver unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. In times of traffic, your data may be temporarily slower than other traffic. Video streams at up to 480p. 